The, the biggest mistake that people make is choosing the wrong market based on okay. where they live. Because again, I mean, no matter how good you are and how much you take care of the property, if the market is going down and people are leaving that specific area, there's right. really nothing, nothing that you can do. Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, Threefold listeners. I hope you're having a great week this week. We've got a really inspirational guest with us today. Abbas Muhammad is joining us from out in California. We'll bring him in here in a second, uh, but just a little bit about him. Um, Abbas actually um, was born and raised in Iraq. Um, growing up, he remembers sleeping on concrete floors because uh, his family was very poor and couldn't afford beds, but he did um, immigrate to the U.S. at the age of 11. Uh, he decided to get into real estate at the age of 18, uh, paying for his startup costs on a $5,000 credit card. Uh, so went all in on real estate uh, early on. Spent a full year making thousands and thousands of calls. Got his first listing in the Bay Area. Within a year, became one of the top producing real estate agents in the Bay Area with his business growing rapidly. Uh, after his second year uh, in business, started implementing systems and models, hiring uh, um, virtual assistants, just really getting his business going. Was one was a top 50 agent uh, nationwide for Remax. Uh, in less than five years of being in business. Eventually, though, Abbas decided to start investing the cash flow from his business into assets that can provide passive cash flow and appreciation. So after looking at different approaches like stocks, multi or single family, he decided on multifamily um, and has been going all in on that. He's invested in over 1,500 apartments um, in top performing locations in Texas, uh, has big goals. And uh, yeah, I, I would imagine he's going to reach them because he's done incredible things so far. Uh, but Abbas, first of all, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Lee, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. What what an inspirational story, Abbas. Um, appreciate you, brother. I mean, yeah. It. You know, maybe hit on that a little bit, but I guess just you come here at age 11 and really had, you know, a, a very different up, upbringing um, yeah. than maybe um, what, what your kids will have one day, you know. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a poor country. So how did you come here at 11 and by the age of 18, catch the dream of getting into real estate. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, growing up, I, I was born and raised in Iraq. And I remember, like I said, my family didn't have any money to even buy us beds. And so we've always struggled financially. And, and I always hated that. Even as a kid, I remember everyone in, that we knew lived a better life than we did. And so I remember after we lost our house during the war, we moved to Syria. And then I came to the US when I was 11 years old. At the time, didn't speak English. We had nothing. We uh, rented a house, it was $600 a month in Memphis, Tennessee, and we actually couldn't afford to pay the rent on a $600 house. We had to get government assistance and we had food stamps and all that sort of stuff. And so at 11 years old, I, was, I mean, I remember I'm like, God, the minute I could do anything possible to change my family's economic situation, I will work as hard as possible to make sure that we don't live like this in the future. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, even as a kid, I remember trying out different like entrepreneurial things and, and it never worked out. Obviously, I was, I was a kid, made a lot of mistakes. But by the time I was 18, I was going to college and I was working as a used car salesman. 
And I just remember feeling like, look, this is not going to get me anywhere. I could go and graduate and you know, all that. And then I'll work for somebody else for the rest of my life, making 60, 70, 80,000. That's not going to get me anywhere. And so the reason I got into real estate specifically is because really that was my only option. Um, I remember looking at, you know, the richest people in the world and it says 90% of millionaires are made in real estate. So I'm like, you know what? I don't need to think about this anymore. I'm going to go into real estate. That's it. Uh, but then the, the biggest problem was like, well, what, what do I do? What do I start with? Was it investing? Yeah, right, wholesaling? Right. I didn't really understand any of that. So I just decided to go into real estate sales because that's what I could afford. I could get a real estate license on my credit yeah. card. So I, I did that. And uh, that, that was basically my start in real estate. It was just kind of modeling after people that were already rich in real estate, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you obviously had big dreams though, uh, uh, boss, because you know, yeah, 60, 70 is kind of like you, you top out, but you, it's just clear you had bigger dreams than that because 60 or 70 grand a year. I mean, still it, it can afford a $600 a month rent payment, you know? So like you still can yeah. have a pretty nice life, a much better life than you grew up having, but you wanted even more than that. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, I, I just, I want to be in a position where my family would never live the way I used to live. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, 60, 70,000 is great, but it wasn't yeah. my goal. It sounds like you started to realize pretty young in America, the opportunity is there. I mean, it, yeah. it's unlimited. And, and you were clearly, obviously ready to work hard and have done so. And if you work really hard and you're willing to take some risk, the, the, the sky's the limit. Oh, here, the sky's here, the right? limit for sure. I mean, I remember when I first got into the business, I, you know, I thought it was going to be easy. So I kind of quit college. I quit selling cars and I went all in. But then three months later, I, I was knocking on doors every single day, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, failed miserably. I got nothing. And, you know, it's, it's a risk when, when you're younger, it's easier oh, yeah. to take risks like yeah. that. Right. So, it's so time to take that. risk. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, failed. And then I went back to selling cars, but then I started cold calling. I literally used to have like two headsets on and each headset was connected to three phones at the same time. So I was calling six people at the same time. I did that for a full year. I remember there were so many times where I wanted to quit on, on just doing this. Cause I'm like, I'm not seeing any traction at all. But then I got so sick of thinking about quitting. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to quit on the idea of quitting at all. I mean, there's no, that's not going to be an option anymore. Like I'm going to stay at this until it works. At some point you make so many mistakes, you just stumble upon the right things to do because you run out of mistakes to make, you know? So that's kind of what happened to me. I got yeah. my first deal literally one year after getting into business. I, you know, it was, it was miserable. Uh, but then most people would not stick with it, boss. I mean, most oh, people man. would not stick with it that long. That's, that's the why they're problem. not where you're at today, though. That's the problem. There's there's too many, unfortunately, too many shiny golden objects that people switch to because they think that's the next easy thing. But really, you know, what I was doing has been proven to be successful by other people. So I just had to keep at it until it yep. works for me, you know? Yep. And so that's yep. what I did. Um, went all in. Basically, two two years later, I was making like three hundred fifty thousand at, at twenty years old, wow, and so it was it was more money than than I yeah. ever imagined making at that age, which was pretty cool. But then I kind of got sick of it because I was working fifteen, sixteen hours a day, and I saw people that were doing even more, and they were working less hours. So I knew I was working hard, but I wasn't really working smart. So then I started learning how to set up systems and processes, yeah. hire virtual assistants, and then from there on, you know, uh, by the time I was four and a half years in the business, I was top fifty in the country with Remax, I was averaging between one and a half to two million in profits. And it was it was very, very cool. That's but awesome. 
I kind of got sick of that as well. And that's how I got into multifamily later on. So you're, you're sick of the rat race. I mean, cause you're right. You know, there's uh, I think of the, the Robert Kiyosaki book, the cash flow quadrant, like you can be employed or you can be self-employed and there's some real benefits to being self-employed, but right. you're still running on the hamster wheel. Like 100%. potentials more, right? I mean, you're, you're making way more money than you could have. Yeah. When, and in most jobs, because you're, you know, you're, you're, I mean, sure, you're under Remax, but you're kind of self-employed, right? Like you're kind right. of, you're the leader, you get to generate the business and you get to really profit from it. But you're still like, you still got to keep turning the hamster wheel where it stops, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and, and you got better and better at that. But then eventually at some point you said, hey, I actually, and, and now you, you've, you've got some investable cash too, it sounds like. Right. So you want to get into that. I guess one thing I'd like to, to really dig into next, Avas, is um, you're in the single family space, right? With, with, mm-hmm. with your business and your, your, your selling and your sales and all that. When you're ready to invest now, um, and you want to get in and, and put some of your cash to work for you and invest passively and let your money work for you. And so you work 50, 16 hour days. Why multifamily instead of single family? When yeah. you're really, you know, probably very familiar with single family, not very familiar with multifamily. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, so I, I looked at single family. I actually thought about building a big single family uh, portfolio yeah. uh, because I thought, look, that's the natural next step, right? You, yep. you, you do sales, you build up enough cash, you go buy a bunch of single families, but it, there were a few problems with it. A few problems with it. One is that I really didn't like California as a, as a state to invest in because mm. the state is so, um, it's so anti-landlord, so anti-business to the point where you really have no control over your property. Evictions yeah. would take nine months, 12 months. Now imagine this, you have a property, your mortgage payment is four grand, five grand a month, and then a tenant decides not to pay you anymore and it takes you a full year to evict that tenant. That yeah. could be a fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 loss in one year. And the problem yeah. is, if you have now maybe on one property, you could, you know, pay it out of pocket. But what if you have 10 of those? What if you have 20 <laughs> of those? It's just not scalable. It's just yeah. not scalable. That's one problem. Yep. The other problem that you have is the fact that the value of these assets, single family homes, is based almost exclusively on two things. Number one is what's happening with comps, like what is going on in that neighborhood, because if your yep. neighbor sells for a lower price, your value goes down yep. and that I didn't like that. I was not in control of how much the value of the property was. Right. The other yep. problem is it's interest rates could completely um, decline the house, the single family housing market prices. And so if interest rates go up, what happens is affordability goes way down and then people start offering less, less, uh, less money for the houses. And so yep. I, I looked at that. I'm like, you know what? I want something that I have more control over the value that is recession resistant, that could cash flow on a more steady basis. I could control the appreciation. And so I looked at single family. I didn't really like it. I looked at um, crypto. I wasn't really a fan because it would go up too much and go down too much. I didn't like the volatility, sure. you know, and then I looked at the stock market. Stock market, a lot of it is based on emotions of what investors feel like that specific day. And so I wanted something that was reliable that I could focus on growing over a long enough time horizon. Because if I, if I could count on my money, you know, increasing by 15, 20, 30% per year, and it's, you know, maybe some years will be a little less, some years will be a little more, but if I could count on not having that volatility where it goes up 50% and down 75% the next year, I would rather that and then take the compounding effect over 20 years, 30 years, 40 years over anything else out there. Yeah. And so, you know, I I found out eventually about multifamily and what's interesting about multifamily is that I found that there are a lot of people that invest in multifamily that built big single family portfolios. They had 200 homes, 300 homes, and then they sold everything and they went into multifamily. So to me, it's like, okay, 
do I need to recreate the wheel and waste decades of my life doing single family or should I just jump straight into multifamily? Right, right. And so I just, I just did that. And honestly, yeah. that was probably one of the best decisions I made in my life. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I mean, I, we, we did a flip and I'm like, I, I'm listening to so many guys on podcasts and they're saying, yeah, I did a hundred flips. And then I realized this isn't investing. And I went into multifamily. I'm like, right. I'm going to do one. Why would I, why would I do one of these? And yeah, right. Like, it feels like so many of the guys and girls that have a bunch of success in single family. They still end up selling them all and getting into multifamily and they're really happy they did it. It's like, yeah, why not just skip that step? Um, but no, you, you, you bring up some good points um, and, and why, you know, multifamily, you, you do have a lot more control over the value of your property because it's really more like owning a business. Whereas yep. single family, you may, you may own 20 single family homes and you think of it like a business and it kind of is a business, but that's not how it's valued. It's valued yeah. to the comp per, to, per comps, right? And yes, yes, interest rates greatly affect house prices. I mean, I, I think you guys are already seeing that out there on the West Coast and some of the hotter cities. I mean, prices are already coming down because of interest yep. rates. The yep. demand's on it. And so whether you think you're 20 single family homes, it's all a business, the value is coming down because of the comp. So really, yeah. really well said there. Um, and then another thing, you know, I'd like to add on to that is like, the, the problem with single family is that really a lot of times you're logged to where you live because of the fact that, you know, you have to be able to go check on the property if something yeah. happens or whatever. The nice thing about multifamily is that, in my opinion, one of the most important aspects of, of success in investing is choosing the right market. Because if you choose the right market, you could make a lot of mistakes and a lot of times the market will take care of you and you'll still come out ahead. And so the problem with single families that really don't have that market flexibility because a lot of times you're limited to where you live. In multifamily, if I look at Dallas and I see that they have a lot of population growth, they have a lot of rent growth, they have a lot of appreciation, I can just go and buy in Dallas and then hire a property management company and the property management company will put employees that literally could live on site on that yeah. property. So they right. will do a much better job than you could ever do if you live there yourself. Yep. And so, you know, it gives you that market flexibility, which to me is probably the most important aspects when you're choosing where right. to invest in real estate. Yeah. I mean, that could completely change the game for you. Well, right. And boss, I mean, how many houses would you have to buy in Dallas to have those same, to have somebody that can manage all of them, right? Oh, it's are crazy. Gonna buy, are you going to buy 50 single family homes? That's crazy. To have enough for somebody. To, yeah. Right. The management. No, you're, you're so right. Especially when you start thinking about, yeah, I think, Hey, if you want to buy five houses in your hometown and manage them yourself, okay, that's fine. But if you want right. to scale and own a bunch, Man, single family is not where it's at. Um, well, no. well said. Hey, I know um, you you are bringing in investors now. Um, you're you're you know you you you've got a great following. You got a bunch of people that were are trusting you now and investing with you. They want passive income. They 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 want you know what you saw when when you first uh, started getting a multifamily. Um, I know you're educating them. I know you have um, ten things. You you have the, the, the ten mistakes that you need to avoid when getting into real estate investing. You mind sharing those with us, or maybe the, maybe the top five of those. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I mean, there's a, a few mistakes that I see a lot of investors make, unfortunately, especially ones that are new to investing, like maybe if you're a doctor or you're an IT or whatever, and it's your, not your field. But I would say the biggest, the, the biggest mistake that people make is choosing the wrong market based on okay. where they live. Because again, I mean, no matter how good you are and how much you take care of the property, if the market is going down and people are leaving that specific area, there's right. really nothing, nothing that you could do. Um, and so a lot of times that, that, you know, that gets people to not succeed as much as they could be had they invested in the right market. So here's our market criteria. I think this is, I spent, I mean, hundreds of hours to make sure that we come up with the right uh, strategy for how we choose markets. Okay, so yeah, yeah, sure that, yeah. Yeah, so, so when it comes to choosing markets, this is how we do it. Number one is I want to see population growth. 
And so what I do is I go on websites like U-Haul, van lines, and those give you an annual report of where people are taking their trucks to. So you yeah. can see one way, one way truck movement. And so that will give you this list of states that have the highest inward migration. Right. Real estate is all about supply and demand. If you choose markets that have a lot of a lot of demand because there's a lot of migration, they're just not building housing fast enough, right? And so what happens is you start to see a lot of rent growth. So my second criteria after population growth is I want to see rent growth because the value of multifamily deals is based on its income. If I can increase income, I can increase the value. Sure. And so yeah. that takes me to my third criteria, which is appreciation in the market. I want to see both the single family market and the multifamily market go up in value because the higher the value goes as an investor, obviously you benefit, but it also makes it harder for a renter to go out and buy a house. Uh, and so yeah, what, what, what yeah. that means is now they will have to rent at your property longer, which means you'll have higher and higher rent growth, higher and higher demand. So I want to see appreciation as well. And then number four is I want to see a landlord friendly state. You will see a lot of um, population growth in Oregon and Washington and these states, but you'll never see me invest in either one of those states <laughs> or California Yeah, uh, because you don't have control of your property, rent control laws, eviction laws, and they're all anti-landlord, anti anti-business. So those are basically the four major requirements when choosing a big market. But then once you choose a good market, let's say Dallas, Phoenix, Nashville, whatever, then you have to choose the right neighborhood. And so the way we select neighborhoods is I'm very particular about this right now, especially with the economy, the way it is right now, we're focusing on neighborhoods that have a minimum income of $40,000 or higher. And the reason behind that is if you raise rent, you want to make sure that the tenants could actually afford to pay for that rent. And if they can't, then really you're not going to be able to achieve whatever rent projections that you've got. So, so I want to see $40,000 or higher in income. We use this website completely free. I'm not getting paid by them. Just a free plug. It's called city-data.com. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. It's a great website. You can see the different neighborhood incomes out there. Um, but then besides that, you know, besides the neighborhood income, I want to see rent growth um, in that neighborhood. I want to see, I want to see it close to schools, close to shopping, right. like within 10 minutes of shopping areas. Um, you know, I want to see, I want to see it close to jobs. Um, so that way people don't have to drive an hour to get to any sort of job location. But yeah. then the final thing is that, you know, I want to, I want to make sure that these, uh, these properties are located in what I like to call established neighborhoods. So I wouldn't go and buy in what's called the path of growth because okay. the path of growth might never come, right? You yeah. might invest in a neighborhood and you're thinking, oh, you know, in the next five years, they're going to improve this. And, but it's like, well, what if that doesn't happen? Then you're kind of you know, you're, you're screwed. So I would rather invest in an established neighborhood that already has a lot of demand, already has a lot of appreciation, already has a lot of people wanting to live there, because then not only do you get better rent growth and appreciation, but when you sell, you also have uh, better investors and more investors that want to buy it off of you. So then your exit is easier as well. Yeah, it, it's more stable. I mean, you're, you're kind of 100%. trying to run sometimes if you're going in the path of progress, like, man, I got in here cheap. And if the path comes through here, I'm going to hit right. a home run. But like you said, if it doesn't, if the path kind of turns a little bit, yeah. goes, you know, over here, you missed it. Then, I mean, you, you just, you just messed up. So yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're dealing, you know, if you buy in these like path of growth neighborhoods where it's like lower income, you're dealing with a lot of evictions. You're yeah. dealing with a lot of, Run. you know, tenants that have delinquency. They don't pay rent on time. It's just a whole headache that you don't want to deal with as yeah. an investor. No, that's, that's really good at Boston. And, and I, I subscribe to this as well. Um, I heard somebody explain it. Um, like when it comes to a market, 
Um, just think of it like you're, you're going to uh, go on a canoe trip and you can canoe with the, the current, go, go down current yeah. in the river. You can try to go against current, or maybe you're going to, you're going to canoe across a lake and oh my God, yeah. right a across a lake is like, maybe a market more like in the Midwest and some markets where it's like, yeah, we don't see a lot of appreciation, but we are landlord friendly. There's a little bit of rent growth. And so if you work at it, if you paddle, you know, if, if you, then you're going to get across the lake. If you go to a market like a Detroit that's had declining populations for, for 20 years, you are going against the current. So you may be a yeah. good operator. You may be rowing as hard as you can. You're just fighting the, 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 uh, the market because people were leaving, you know, so yeah. it, it, it's hard to keep finding more renters when, when people are leaving. You go somewhere wow. like a Dallas that's seen incredible uh, population growth. You're going with the current. So people just keep 100%. coming in. They want your product because they just keep coming in. So, um, I, you know, all this. I've never heard someone make it sound as, as, as easy to understand as you have, actually. I'm going to use that going forward. <laughs> it's not mine. Go ahead and use it. Brian Burke. He's actually a, a California resident as well. Um, and, and he's been doing what you and I are doing. He's been doing it for 30 years. Um, and just Very cool. So, yeah, he had that analogy. I thought it was really good, too. Um, no, so that's really good. The, the importance of, of getting the right market um, is, is really important. So I can see why you spent so much time. Well, it's so important. So thanks for sharing that with us, Abbas. It's, it's really helpful uh, for me, uh, for my listeners and all that. Hey, three full listeners. Just want to take a quick break from the show to introduce you to our sponsor, Pure Property Solutions. They specialize in CapEx projects for multifamily and commercial properties in the tri-state area. They handle painting, carpentry, roofing, windows, and more. The Pure Property Solutions team prides itself on quality work for a fair price with excellent customer service. They are adept at keeping a good relationship with residents at the job site and are always willing to work toward a creative solution while keeping finances in mind. I can speak to this firsthand. We've worked with Pure Property Solutions on uh, a big project we had that they put in all new windows for us, um, all, all new decks, uh, did some roof work for us, and we just had a great experience. Um, they deliver a quality product, um, they have good good craftsmanship, uh, good communication, and, and to be honest with you, like not everything went perfectly. Um, but when things didn't go perfectly, they they returned our call, they fixed it, they got out, they heard us, and and, and they made it right. And that's that's, that's what you want. Uh, check them out if you've got a big capex project in the tri-state area. Check out Pure Property Solution. Uh, the, the link will be in the show notes. Now back to the show. Hey, as, as we're kind of wrapping it up here, I always like to ask. Um, you know, people like you that have been doing this and have had success, what would you say is the key ingredient for having success in real estate investing? Yeah, I mean, I would say number one is education. You know, you're dealing with properties that are worth millions of dollars. And so if you don't have the right education, you don't have the right mentorship, then a lot of times you'll struggle. Um, so I, I always tell people the first step before you even passively invest is you want to learn as much as possible about multifamily because it's very yeah. different than single family as you and I both know. So educate you know yourself as much as possible. But then the second thing is education without action is useless. You're just kind of wasting your time. You're using education as a form of entertainment. So yeah. instead of doing that, you want to learn and then you want to take action and apply because really once you have enough information to start get going you want to do that so that way you can kind of learn at the deeper level um you're not really going to learn anything unless you actually go all in and and start to implement what you're what you're learning yeah hey i know uh you're a young guy haven't got your family started yet I, i'm guessing it's, it's something you've started to think about with real estate investing and I'm, I'm sure a lot of your investors think that way what do you think um is maybe a key ingredient to make sure that while you're out there pursuing real estate success you're also making sure that you keep your priorities straight uh, maybe that's something you start thinking about with your time and how you spend your time. I know, you know, for us and our investors, real estate is really a vehicle to control our time. 
So are, are you doing anything? Are you seeing anything? Are you trying to set things up for when you do have a family to make sure that you're able to use real estate in a good way that allows you to have the life you want and the family you want and things like that? Yeah. So, so that's a great question. And I, I you know, there was uh, one time I went to uh, a mastermind and Jesse Itzler um, yeah. spoke at the mastermind, if, if you know him. And Jesse says something very interesting. He said, you know, the way I think about family and, and experiences is that really we only have a set amount of experiences before they're completely gone. So maybe you might have, you know, 12 more weekends with your dad or 12 more weekends with your spouse or whatever that is. And you could choose to increase how many experiences you have, or you can choose to decrease. So if you knew mm -hmm. that you'll only see your, your father or mom or, or spouse or whatever, a hundred more times, um, would you be okay with that? Or would you decide to increase the frequency and increase the quality so that way it's 200 times, 300 times? So that got me to really think because I used to be so focused on just business day yeah. in and day out, obviously, because I enjoy real estate so much. Yeah, um, but I've, I've learned to take a step back and, and kind of try to spend a lot of time with, with my family and whatnot and, and visit as much as possible. Now I visit like every week or so. So that's, that's great. been great. But the the yeah. other thing is really, I mean, I, I enjoy what I do. Um, a lot. And so like, I, to me, it's not really, it's not a job. It's not work. I just do it because it's my, it's my passion. I'm super yeah. interested yep. in real estate. And yeah. so thankfully the person I'm with, I got her to be interested in real estate. And I think it's because I'm so passionate about it. It just kind of rubbed off on oh, her. So good, now, man. Yeah, man. She's, yeah. so she's in, she's in real estate as much as I am. And so, right. and so there's a lot of basically harmony because of that fact, like we're not, you know, I'm not trying to pull in one direction and she's pulling in another. We're both on the same path together. Ah, oh, it's really helpful. See, yeah, I I was already with my wife before I started dragging her into real estate. <laughs> she already knew me that way. So you're doing it the right way, man. That's a better, that's a better way to do it. That's really uh, I appreciate yeah, it. If, if you and your partner are pulling in the same direction, man, it, it, it's really helpful. And my wife and I are now, and 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 ultimately we always are. Uh, but we weren't as far as real estate goes to start with. Uh, that's yeah, cool. it's it's always hard. I mean, it wasn't always this way at first, sure. but you know, I mean, I had to have a lot of conversations and kind of meet meet her where she's at, where it's like, yeah. I didn't know anything about real estate. So like I was talking about high level stuff all the time. And then I, I was like, you know what, let me get down to the basics. Why do I enjoy yep. this? So, you know, slowly got her in and now she loves it just as much as I do. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, hey, this has been really fun, man. You, you really provide some great value. Um, you I know, appreciate on, you. on the market and just, just, yeah, very inspirational, man, how, how hard you worked. And, uh, man, just the idea that, you know, it took you a year of making calls. And again, most people would not do that. And I think, but that's often what it takes is, is yeah. staying with something and seeing no results. But once you do, when you do that, man, you build up so much momentum, like you said, because the whole time you're learning, you're learning yeah. all these things that don't work. And so you, you understand what does work and then boom, I mean, you're like a rocket ship, man. You, you 100%. Awesome. You know, it's interesting. I, I took that same approach to multifamily because multifamily is a very difficult business to yeah. be in. You're competing with it's people. It's a long are, game, man. It's, it's a very long game. game. And you're competing with people that have a lot of times they're way more established than you. They have oh, way more yeah. money than you, right? And yeah. so and so what I did is like I remember my first deal was super difficult because it was the first time, a six and a half million dollar deal. I've never raised money, I've never done a multifamily deal. So that was difficult. But then my next deal was a $30 million deal. And we had to raise, uh, we had to raise 8 million. And I remember during that time, there were so many points where it's like, it got super difficult. And there were so many times where I wanted to throw in the towel and just say, you know what, I'll just go work on something else that's smaller, more manageable. But I kept on with it. And three months later, we closed on the property. And I remember once we closed on that property, looking back, I'm like, thank God, I didn't throw in the towel. Thank yeah. God I didn't give up. Yep. 
later on on my the, the deal after that same exact thing there was five month escrow we had multiple problems because the interest rates were changing in the middle of the deal the bank was retraded oh, on us multiple times yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again i mean you stick with it and now looking back i'm like thank god i didn't pull out of the deal you Me know because it's, yep. it's working out really well so i think learning to stick to things until they work out is a very important skill that i hope everyone learns at some point if they haven't already learned that because really that's the biggest differentiator between someone oh, who's sure. going to succeed at what they do and someone yeah. who's going to go out and try something else every single month. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well said, Abbas. Yeah. Appreciate that, man. Hey, as we are wrapping up here, I always like to ask my guests before I let them go, um, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. We've got a few big events coming up. Actually, I have a virtual summit uh, coming up 25th and 26th. Yep, the, I, it's the first virtual summit we have, and I have 22 speakers on it. So uh, so pray for me that this Good works you, out the man. way I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a big deal. Good for you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we'd be we happy to pray for that. Speakers. Yeah, I really hope that goes well, man. I appreciate that. And then I'm hosting a 200% in-person event in April in California. And again, that's going to be the biggest event I, I, I host. Yeah. So that's hoping that works out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll be praying that goes really well, man. Appreciate you. Uh, that's awesome. Good stuff. Well, again, thanks, boss. This has been really helpful, man. You, you really gave us some great insight on uh, choosing a market and just an inspirational story. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us today. Lee, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Yep. Take care. Take care. See ya. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.